0: Streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, alright. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. Wow, it's the feel-good movie of
1: the year. You Bob Marley One Love rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. New CBS Sunday.
2: Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, February 1st, 2024. Congratulations, you made it through January. Quite a nice January for the Buckeyes, I might add, eventually. I welcome today the usual dudes, Bill Kerlick, Mark Porter. We are here to chat Buckeyes. Not quite the furious activity that we have uh, been able to report on Since the beginning of the month, I had a discussion with someone yesterday, and uh, they read a list of every transaction Ohio State has been involved in since the game against Missouri, and it is staggering. Today, we're actually going to start off with a discussion of defensive backs. We have a very interesting topic on potential offensive linemen in the portal to discuss later. However, we're going to start talking about defensive backs, and the class of 2025, and what Ohio State's ideal secondary would look like. We discuss this because, as you well know, Team Sanchez, Devin Sanchez, and his fam have been a mainstay here, and one of the early cogs in the class. Now, we learn that they are getting a visit this weekend from Naeem offered a fantastic prospect from the state of Alabama. Interesting that we're Recruiting Alabama now that Tricky Nick has gone off to greener pastures. Bill, bring us up to speed on Naeem Offord. And then, if you could build out the ideal class of 2025 secondary in the eyes of the Buckeyes with names and numbers, please.
1: Well, <clears throat> Offord is from Parker High School in Birmingham, Alabama. He is a uh, 2025 6 foot 185 pound safety. I'm sorry, cornerback um, that is one of the top two corners in the country. Ohio state just happens to have the other of the top two corners in the class already committed and Devin Sanchez. And, you know, if you go by the composite one is the number one corner in the country. And if you go by the two, four, seven sports rankings, the other is the number one corner and in both it's just flipped. So you know, I think there's some consensus there that these are the top two corners in the country. Um, he is making what will be his second visit to Ohio State this weekend. He had been here previously. Um, uh, it was either late spring or early summer. And um, uh, he was going to go to one of the high state games this season, but it didn't work out because Ohio State happened to be playing at noon that day and noon... Our time here in Columbus happens to be 11 a.m. in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. So couldn't quite make it then, but he is scheduled to be back. Uh, looks like he will be with his parents this weekend and uh, another, another visit. Um, you know, you say build out the perfect class. That's hard to do because they're in on so many guys. It's, <laughs> it's really impressive. Tim Walton um, is recruiting both corners and, to some extent, safeties. And then Matt Guerrero is now pitching in and working hard on the safeties. He's been really traveling all over the country, visiting top safety prospects. So you've got the two commitments at corner right now. And I think we're going to look to Ohio State signing at least three corners. You've got the, the two commitments right now and Sanchez, as well as Blake would uh, be. You've got uh, Dorian, I should say, Naheem offered. Uh, You've got Dorian Brew who could play corner or safety uh, now in Texas from Ohio. Uh, You've got Mark Zachary from Indiana that uh, certainly is one of the country's top corners as well. So all those guys are outstanding prospects. At safety. You've got, as I mentioned, Brew could play either one. Uh, You've got Fahim Delane certainly at the top of the list. You've got Trey McNutt up there at the top of the list. Again, he's a guy that could play corner or safety. I think he'll play safety in college. Um, also a dynamic offensive guy. Uh, you've got Jonas Williams from Galveston Ball High School in Texas. You've got Messiah home, who is uh, another of the top safety prospects in the country. So you've got all kinds of possibilities and options there. And I think it's safe to say that when all is said and done, Ohio State is going to look to sign three Corners and at least three safeties, a, a six DB class, very possible, and that comes on the top of what they did just a few weeks ago, signing three outstanding corners in uh, Aaron Scott, Bryce West, and Miles Lockhart. So, Tim Tim Walton just doing a fabulous job.
2: I definitely like the idea of going after. Uh, Naeem offered an Alabama-based corner when the head coach of Alabama was known for bringing in defensive backs. It certainly doesn't hurt that he's gone. we probably have a better shot there. Mark, we talked about two guys in particular there that we all want in the class that I don't know where they're going to play, and that is uh, McNutt and Brew. Your thoughts on the two of them as prospects and where you originally project them out of high school.
0: Yeah, originally, uh, McNutt has always been a safety and a receiver. But you see on his tape where he lines up a corner sometimes. And at receiver, you can tell he has the speed and all that type of agility to play that position. Uh, Same thing with Brew. Brew, the first time I had him, uh, he was a receiver in my report coming out of sophomore year. So he started off on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, and I actually heard that one of the reasons he didn't mind going to Texas is he might be able to play a little more receiver down there. But so he's kind of maybe offensive minded if you asked him, but I think he's a corner. Um, The thing you like about these guys is that versatility that you don't know where they are. And some people will be say, oh, that's a knock because I can't tell what he is. Well, that's because he has corner skills and safety skills. Uh, He'll come up and hit you and they'll cover you. So it's actually the full spectrum, you know, the three or four tool guy. He can do it all. Uh, Just not, you know, one or the other. So that's what makes those guys so valuable.
2: Bill, what's the next step after Offer? Do you think, I mean, they've pushed back uh, some commitment dates here. Do you get the vibe that Offer's close? Do you get the vibe that Brew is close? Or is this kind of thing where we're now going to kind of go through these offseason and camps and such and kind of rejigger things?
1: Well, I think of the two, I think likely the closer one would be Dorian Brew because he, he had a, Announcement scheduled for January 24th, his mom's birthday, but he postponed that. So I think he's likely, uh, probably the more likely of the two to commit sooner rather than later. In the case of Offord, uh, his plan right now is to take official visits. So providing that stays and he doesn't uh, make his decision until he takes official visits, then we're looking at at least uh, middle of the summer till he makes a decision. But again, it's recruiting. Things change often. I also should mention the Ohio State uh there is a 2025 corner uh in the california modern day high school the powerhouse in santa Ana, california high state is supposed to be at modern day high school today uh chuck mcdonald is a six foot 180 pound corner one of the tops in the country as well he has an ohio state offer um there was a chance they, they had thought about uh, maybe visiting Ohio State this weekend. That's not going to happen, uh, but uh, Chuck McDonald wants to get to Ohio State for a visit in March. So uh, Ohio State being out there today the, is the plan, and, um, and, and we'll see what happens with him and uh, visiting sometime in March or the spring.
2: Okay, now. Uh, those of you on the podcast can't see the video, which I don't know you're doing things wrong. Um, And those of you on YouTube, here's what we need you to do. Press pause and go subscribe to the YouTube page. More than half you guys have not subscribed. All you have to do is click the subscribe button. If you put on that little alarm alert button, every time we schedule one of these shows, it will be delivered to you. You'll get a heads up when it comes on. And you'll get the show delivered to you. So please go ahead and do that for us. Um, An ad-free week in exchange, you can sign up and subscribe. It'll be great. Now, let's get to a topic I was hoping to hold on. But uh, my original reference to our podcasters you can't see what's in the chat. And much as our Bucknutters are on point, they know who we wanted to talk about second. And that is... I'm going to read the name here, Ozzie Trapillo or Trapillo. I'm not sure if I pronounce that. I will get a uh, a reading on that, but let's go with Trapillo right now. He is six foot eight, three hundred and thirteen pound right tackle from Boston College, redshirt junior this year. He was All ACC second team. And you may say to yourself, oh, Boston College, Ohio State doesn't recruit guys out of Boston College. This guy was the number seven rated tackle in his class. The number one rated tackle in that class, a guy I like to call Paris Johnson. He's the son of Steve Trapio, who played football in the NFL for 10 years, however, passed away in 2004. So if you think about it, this kid has had to grow up without his pops. Now, You say, oh, uh, everyone would want to go from Boston College to Ohio State if they could. He went to Boston College High School. He goes to Boston College. He is from Chestnut Hill. His dad attended Boston College, okay? He had offers from bigger schools and attended Boston College. For example, he was rated ahead of Roger Rosengarten from Washington, who is doing very well right now at the Senior Bowl. So, um, What makes uh, Ozzy even more attractive? He played left tackle at Boston College before he switched over to right tackle. Now, the question is, um, it's almost become the new deal. We used to track airlines. We used to track uh, flights. Our new thing is when your coach leaves, we track social media follows, okay? If your coach leaves, your head coach, Jeff Halfley, left Boston College, to become defensive coordinator for the Packers. What that means about being a head coach in college going forward, I don't know. It's not a strong statement for the job, I'll say that. Um, So immediately we all are thinking, will this guy transfer? Done some due diligence. We have some connections, and it turns out the the original tip-off offensive line coach from Ohio State, Justin Fry, began following him. Done a little due diligence here, and it turns out Ohio State made an attempt to attract Ozzie last year, too. So they are probably interested. I don't have that confirmed yet. I'm going to turn this over to Bill and let him go for a minute and then Mark. But your thoughts on the possibility of Ohio State going in on Ozzie Trapio, and this is what we need to discuss. Yes, the 30-day window opens for transfers when your coach leaves. However, that does not necessarily jive with the semester schedule. So I don't know if someone could transfer now and be eligible, blah, blah, blah. Bill, please, if you have that answer, bring us up to speed on everything possible here.
1: Well, first of all, uh, just because um, a coach leaves doesn't mean that players are going to get in the portal. Yeah. Ozzy is on as you refer to Dan the Ohio State radar screen but if he doesn't get in the portal then you know he's not going to leave Boston College and you brought up a lot of good reasons why he could stay at Boston College <laughs> you uh went down a litany of reasons why he could stay there um on the converse, I could give you good reasons why he might want to be interested in Ohio State. It is the Ohio State. Um, I like the versatility in that, as you mentioned, Dan. He can play left or right tackle. Um, he's he has played both. Uh, he is huge. He is six foot eight, about three hundred and fifteen pounds. He has played well. He is. He kind of fits the well. He does fit the template of what they've done so far. They went out and got guys. They didn't go for for. Uh, Quantity, they went for quality with the six guys they have from the portal so far. Um, and they have gone for positions of need, so he fits all of the uh, the requisite things you want to see. And as you mentioned, Dan, there's been a uh, pre interest in him as well. Now he is on my watch to see if he goes into the portal,
2: Marcus. Your thoughts on this dude? I know you have friends in the business who know him well. Um, We haven't done a breakdown of him, but he does appear to me to be plug and play. Now, I haven't broken down his film, but there's no one on Ohio State's roster right now that I think would have been an all ACC tackle, a right tackle. Um, How do you view this whole situation?
0: Uh, Sent a few texts to some friends in the business and in a few short words that they believe he's good enough to play at Ohio State. Um, I think in a few short words... They're not happy he's leaving because if he, he was. If he leaves, yeah, um, he is a rock of their program. You know, he he's like the guy that everyone looks to. That we we got this big time recruit. He he wants to be here. That's why you should want to be here. Uh, so it'll be a blow if he leaves. But I I can't believe that. Well, I think our last podcast, you know, patting everybody on the back. We we got a running back. We got this. We got that. We got everything we need. We're just. Hoping for another offensive lineman, and then a coach gets fired, and they happen to have a five-star offensive lineman in the portal. Not just, fired. Yeah, they're not fired, but you know, on the way.
2: I don't uh, want the Halfley, I don't want the Halfleys calling me after the show.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, bit, it's it's unbelievable that, oh my gosh, like like a genie in a bottle, you rub it, and oh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna open up another avenue that is highly unlikely, statistically unprobable. But at the end of it is another great offensive lineman that Ohio State can have. Uh, this will be an off season that I, I'm going to say it right now. We're never going to be able to duplicate. I, I don't know if you're ever going to take the best quarterback, the best running back, the best tackle, the best uh, center. I mean, they cleaned up in the portal. And and this was, you know, and over the if they pull this off, I keep speaking like it's already done. Um, wow.
2: Just Wow. The only the only way they could pull this off again next year is if Kirby Smart retires. <laughs> I'm serious. Think about it. That's the only way. Or someone, yeah. I mean, maybe Brian Kelly retires and you raided LSU or something. But I don't even know how you could possibly uh, get into that. You
0: can't you know? even imagine the scenarios that would have to unfold to duplicate this type of luck. And I mean, the, the, the best strategy in the world wouldn't pull out these names at these mm-hmm. places. So. Yeah, b- big time.
2: We'll, ne- we'll never have an off season where we add um, Caleb Downs, Julian Sane, and Quinshawn Judkins out of the portal. I'm not saying they'll be superheroes, but just I mean, those are three complete outliers. Anyway, and, and hopefully, hopefully, we never stuff. have a
0: year. We never have a year where we need to pull guys That's like that to write the ship. Hopefully, the ship gets righted, and it's not this type of an environment.
2: I think you it's know, uh go go ahead, ahead, man. Go
1: ahead. uh you know with uh um, Ozzy, it, it's um, you know it it just was it was interesting in that I had just been thinking after Sharon Moore was elevated at Michigan that maybe the musical chairs were, were over. Right. You know, we, with him elevated. Uh, rather than them going Michigan, going out and picking, uh, say, the Kansas head coach or whatever head coach at college, they just elevated somebody. So maybe that, and lo and behold, Jeff Halfley goes to the NFL and the musical chairs are not over. The portal remains open and we continue on for another 30 days.
2: Um, Yeah, it's also gotten to the point where as we talk about Ozzie, and I'm not not saying they're going to get him, but I do have to assume in the back of my mind now that we're just going to get everything we want. I hate to say that it's, it's, I shouldn't say that out loud, but it is buck nuts. I think if you're going to say that publicly anywhere um, I'll get plausible deniability off doing it here. I just, I take myself through this guy's mindset and why wouldn't he do it? I get that he's attached to his current. See, that's the thing that kind of wigs me out. He is like Mark said, uh, Mark said he is Boston college football. He's like the, the spokesman and the the kid who grew up there and such, but mm, that would be tremendous. I don't know how that would work, Bill, with the semester and the transfer. So what would happen? He would verbally commit? How would they do that, you think?
1: That's a good question. I think that uh, if he wanted to uh, be a Buckeye, uh, you know, he would, as you said, he would announce he's going to Ohio State and then he would, uh, uh, you know, it is... Like you said, it's, it's the semester started. Uh, I think that would have to be worked out to be honest.
2: Spider Siler brings up a nice point here. He he's old school. He could graduate and then get here. Let's put it this way. Yeah, he, he is a red shirt junior, by the yep. way. So yeah. he's been there a while. Let's put it this way. If they want him to be on this team, my sense is he'll be on this team. I don't think administrative and school stuff will get in the way. Far be it from me to be uh, predicting that, but that would be that would be tremendous. Okay,
1: okay. keep in mind, Seth McLaughlin, <laughs> uh, he had already received his undergrad degree mm-hmm. and his master's degree, and now he's going to Ohio State. As he put it to me, uh, he will study something fun. Yeah,
2: as he put it, it's called pre NFL studying. He should study exercise science or something to get his body in shape. Uh, Do you guys have any comments on the addition of the transfers? What you thought when you heard them meet the media, anyone surprise you? Um, Or was it just more and more of the good stuff, Bill?
1: Yeah, I thought, I thought that it was all pretty interesting. Uh, All those guys sitting down and uh, uh, more than once the, the thing was, uh i want to go play for a national championship that's one of the
2: things that stood out to me mark any thoughts do you still have the same vibe on Mm -hmm. will howard i'll tell you this um and i don't want to be you know i think we're going to have to guard ourselves of being negative about prior individuals but howard definitely carries a room better than the prior quarterback
0: yeah and and the julian saying being a part of that too you know it it does make for an interesting uh, team chemistry to have a this guy. This is groups like Murderers Row. It's like, hey, we're here. You guys didn't win it last year. We're here to come in and win it. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. You know, do these kids act better than everyone else? I doubt it. But you know, there's that feel. You know, some guys on the roster are probably thinking, this was my time to shine. I was the heir apparent to this job, and, and now you've been brought in because we've been deemed not good enough. Um, There are some things to navigate here that aren't exactly uh, pretty and and fun to talk about, but I tell you what, when when it's time to go win, you got the group that's going to help you go win. And and that's the bottom line here. And that's one of these things about Ohio state. It's not all warm and fuzzy. It's about talking about some uncomfortable things after the season that this isn't what we wanted. And Hey, we're going to bring in guys that give us and the fans what they wanted and what everybody wants. And, it's a new way of doing it it's flat out this is definitely uh gonna shake some trees in there and, and you know you said how does Kyle McCord feel about all this do you think he'd like that uh press conference very much you know some of these other guys they're competitors too and it, it might bring out their mean streak it, it just I always try to look at all the angles
2: yeah that was, there were some good there were some oogie questions asked at the uh at the thing but we'll deal with that here's the last thing I want to talk about Bill, you mentioned Sharon Moore being hired. Um, Harbaugh has taken uh, Mentor with him, Mike Minter with him.
1: Jesse Minter.
2: Excuse me, Jesse. Is Mike his dad? It better be. Um, what do you make of where Michigan's at right now? It does seem like they're prepped to take a rather large step back. and I'm not talking about sanctions and all that stuff. We'll let that take care of itself. But the way they look like they're about to take a step back. I even, if you read the boarding house yesterday, they, I think if Harbaugh was still in the mix, they had hoped to clean up in Ohio in 2025, but the idea of Harbaugh leaving and the, um, the addition of the NILs put Michigan behind the eight ball. um, Is this much worse for them than we even thought? And by that, I mean, good. Well, first of all, I
1: want to contrast how Jim Harbaugh, Did things a little differently than Urban Meyer did. Uh, When Urban left Ohio, when Urban uh, got done at Ohio State uh, to go to the NFL, he said he wasn't taking guys with him. Um, He was not going to take Mark Pantone with him. Uh, He was not going to take Mick Marotti, etc. Those were were the
2: two, if you remember. We were like, the ship's going down. Don't grab them.
1: And I remember Urban coming out and saying, "Hey, this is those guys' homes now. Right. Meaning to meaning Columbus. This is where they belong, so to speak." Uh, it was not his intent to take uh, from Ohio State. Uh, yeah, he wanted to leave the program in good hands and in good shape, and that's what he did. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, on the other hand, uh, Jesse Minter is going with him. Um, ben Herbert. That was a big loss for Michigan. He is their strength and conditioning guy. Um, there were people at Michigan that thought he was going to stay. I will say there were people also that uh, thought Harbaugh and JJ McCarthy was going to were going to stay, which I thought that's not happening. Jim Harbaugh is going to the NFL. Um, so a whole different situation, a whole different way of handling things, a whole different way of how things happen. And in this case, it is to Ohio State's benefit. You, uh, If you're a Buckeye, you don't mind seeing Jesse Mentor leave. You don't mind seeing Ben Herbert leave. Um, J.J. McCarthy, he said goodbye. Um Certainly, Michigan's got a good a good core of defense returning. I think they've got six or seven starters that are coming back, including their two uh, defensive tackles and a pretty good uh, some pretty good secondary players. They've got a linebacker that's transferred in as well that's going to help them from Maryland. So they've got the core, uh, and they're going to have a good defense again. <clears throat> what they're not going to have is a, is what they've had previous years at quarterback on the offensive line, and the guy developing those offensive lines in in the strength program is not going to be there. I don't think things are going to crash and burn in Ann Arbor. That's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, They also don't have Ohio State at home this year. So, you know, you put everything together. uh, You know, I I would rather, much rather be in Ohio State situation than Michigan situation.
2: Yeah, Michigan – I'll get – Mark, i got a question for you. But Michigan has a ridiculously tough schedule this year. I'm pretty sure it's been – and obviously we don't know. Strength of schedule to me is a little bit goofy. It's definitely goofy in the NFL because you don't know who's going to be back. It can be a little goofy in college, but I believe it's like Florida and then Michigan, toughest schedules. I also know this. When jobs open up, guys – We talked about Mark going down and standing in the lobby. Ohio State has the kind of gig where people are, are trying to get jobs there even when there aren't jobs, okay? And Mark could tell you stories about that. How about Michigan now, Mark? There are openings there. Is everyone trying to get on the Michigan bandwagon, all the coaches, or are people kind of arm's length.
0: Um, yeah, I, I, I know I know for a fact there are people sending their resumes to Michigan right now, and it's not stopping them knowing that there might be a hiccup before that place gets rolling again. And you brought up the recruiting, and uh, at the at the Michigan camps this summer, they had some of the biggest jumbotron's I've ever seen, and all they did was run back to back national championships and pitchers of the rings. And if with this third win over Ohio state in this national championship, they, they should be up there at the peak of recruiting in the country. You know, like they should be able to walk in and just tap you on the shoulder and that you should say yes. Um, but instead they're going to have to sell, Hey, uh, when these sanctions come in and, and we're, we no one knows what they are yet. So it's kind of like a black cloud hanging over them recruiting, but yeah, they're not going to be able to come into Ohio and just tap people on the shoulder. They may have to go back to selling them on, hey, uh, here are the sanctions. Here's how long it's going to take. And by the time you're a junior, you know, the the days are going to be sunny up here. And I think that's going to put a little kink in recruiting. Uh, But they definitely have an error and and an arrogance and a confidence that they've earned. But that number one team in the uh, country and beating Ohio State three times, Ohio State was going to, or the state of Ohio was going to be theirs. And since I've been doing this, the Brady Hoke days, and uh, there were years where no Ohio kids went to Michigan for a while. So for them to have their best class last year, this would have been the springboard to an even better class.
2: Traditionally, this year's team, not as much, but traditionally the Michigan teams need several key Ohioans to, uh, to get it done. If you look in the, like, uh, Last X number of years, your Charles Woodson's, your Elvis Gerbachs, Desmond Howard, um, Ricky Powers, remember him? Uh, those guys were all, you know, Ohioans, and they've had to have that going on, so we're good. All right, Bill, should we be on a uh, commit watch this weekend, or are you actually going to be able to spend some quality time with your grandchildren? <laughs> when
1: you're covering Ohio State... You are always on commitment watch, uh, at any time, at any point, somebody could decide, you know, this is where I want to go. So I, I, uh, don't necessarily expect any commitments this weekend, but you don't know. I mean, it, 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 happens. I mean, high state coaches are all over the, the, the country, um, the past, uh, Week, two weeks, three weeks, they've been all over the country. And Ryan Day in particular, he has been all over the country. One thing that's uh, that's happened is that um, uh, Ryan Day has been extremely active with his assistant coaches going out to these schools. Um, I don't know 100% for sure, but I would not be surprised if he is with the group that goes to uh, modern-day high school today in California. So... Um, you know, we'll see what happens, but uh, always on the alert. As I say, High State never fails to keep me busy.
2: Yeah, it's been fun. I will say this. This has been a really f- – after the Missouri game, I wasn't feeling that great. <laughs> it was not great. Uh, the vibe was not great, if you guys like the lack of a buzz. And now – We didn't win, and I have a feeling on the recruiting trail, Ohio State is kind of that hot buzz team now, so they deserve a ton of credit for being able to do that. Let's be sure to recognize the foundation and the other collectives and their help in doing this. That was essential as Ohio State has become the spot for the offseason, and we are here for all of it. Definitely appreciate these dudes stopping by appreciate you guys being here. Have a good one. Bye.